Don't lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday right here on Ball Don't Lie. And yeah, the new theme of the day, pretty obvious. It's all about bootylicious, being uh, having that badonka donk, right? whatever you want to call it. All the songs devoted to the booty. It's a beautiful thing. It is a great thing. Thanks, my man, Jack. Uh, new theme Thursday. We appreciate you, Jack. Uh, when you play uh, jams um, that are intended to give Harge and I clues as to what the new theme of the day is, and uh, it was pretty easy to get it uh, once we started um, wrapping our brain around what was going down. Mm-hmm. And it was all about what was going down. Hey. Right? The bootylicious, the, bit, the butt, down, uh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size. Making the stallion size, but and that's what we're celebrating uh, today on New Theme Thursday. Uh, I will say this though about since we're talking about butts in general, because um, I think the most iconic song about butts is Sir Mix a Lot's "Baby Got Back," and there are a lot of them. Uh, Jack Wright, uh, you're right about that across different genres, but I will say that I don't know if a genre has adopted the badonkadonk as much as hip hop has. Because hip-hop probably has more songs about booties mm-hmm. and more references to booties than any other genre of music. Hip-hop was obsessed with the booty, uh, and, and obviously everybody likes booty, but still, mm-hmm. obsessed with it. And it became, I will say this, and, and I'm not attributing this totally to hip-hop, I think the country has changed a little bit too. We now have women getting butt surgery as much as they get breast surgery and breast augmentations. BBL. Right? Because it, you know, for a while, people didn't celebrate big butts. Like, they weren't mm-hmm. celebrated. They were, you had one, yeah, but they weren't celebrate. We weren't trying to get a big butt. But people were trying to get big breasts. Like, that was something that was celebrated. Get big breasts. So, breast augmentations kind of took over the country. Now, the bootylicious era is so celebrated that women, they try to get a bootylicious badonka donk. They, they're going out of their way to do it, whether it's devoted to the Brazilian butt lift or whether it's mm-hmm. uh, them trying to not, now they take butt selfies. Like, that's a thing now. It's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? So I do think hip hop helped that a little bit, too, because now it was a, it was fully embraced in the hip hop culture. Not right. just one or two songs. Hell, damn near, hell, damn, damn, damn near albums about it. <laughs> uh, in, in the hip hop world. No doubt. Yeah. So the whole album. 
Yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole, the whole damn day. Uh, so I will say that. So looking forward to a more uh, new theme Thursday for my man, uh, Jack. And now, hey, now you can, you know, you're a breast man, bud man. I don't think it matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? A single get, opportunity. It, <laughs> 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 well, I'm talking about, I'm talking about from the surge, from like cosmetic surgery oh, so standpoint. Say, is equal, is equal it used to be what like, you yeah, like you couldn't yeah. even find nobody who was working on butts, like butt lifts and stuff like that. Now, and people get butt lifts all the time. Just yep. as much as they get breast lifts and yep. breast augmentation. Augmentation. So that's how you know that truly we in America, we are celebrating the booty. Hey, it is my duty <laughs> to please the booty. <laughs> all right. That said? All that right. said? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> that is what he said. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to this sound from Dak Prescott. I'm sure uh, he's a fan as well. Uh, Dak Prescott was on with the ticket, and he uh, was asked by a number of different um, items and um, we've got like four or five pieces of sound so we'll kind of go through them and uh, break them down as we get to them. But the first one is about this particular offseason the Cowboys have had and it's been a great offseason. A lot of people said it's one of the best offseasons the Cowboys have had in a really, really long time uh, with the acquisition of Brandon Cooks and you know Stephon Gilmore. Um, here is what Dak Prescott uh, had to say when he was asked, does this offseason feel different to him? Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, obviously, you look at the We've had some coaching changes or some little changes, tweaks, I guess you can sense. And uh, Mike McCarthy calling plays and bringing in Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator. Uh, and then just also uh, just weapons, additions. You know what I mean? Bringing Brandon, uh, Brandon Cooks in alone. Uh, and then yeah. Stephon Gilmore on the defensive side that a thousand percent it feels different. Um, you're able to take now two 12-win seasons over into this one and build. And first time I, in my career I can say I felt like uh, – consecutive seasons are building where going back to 21 we've been able to build we built that year and then now we can build again and i think that's the best re- real chance that you have of making it you you've got to go give it knocks you've got to see what it feels like and us having that now uh, you feel a lot more comfortable you're excited about the details the changes that we've had on the offense and just the team and i'm um, looking forward to it with a lot of excitement all right said it feels different harch it should, as it's you like said. He, building he, on something. Well, it feels different, too, because now you've lost your best friend who you buy luggage with and traveled a lot with. You lost your offensive coordinator who you have once shared a a locker room with, let alone the quarterback room, the receipt. I mean, you've done so much with this guy. He's He's been you. You've been together. Y'all been around each other for quite some time. So now it's a new voice. You got two. Um, you got a running back that was in the program. I mean, in the organization. Now you got other running backs that are new to the thing. And now you're the bona fide. You've always been the leader, but now there is nobody else. You are. You said it earlier, Rod. He's the most tenured quarterback in the NFC. That what? That is amazing to me. So yes, it's going to be a lot different. And you're going into the season healthy. That's huge too. So I'm I'm excited to to hear the rest of this. Uh, I guess he was also asked about his, um, his relationship with Kellen Moore, and uh, first time he's been without Kellen Moore in his professional career, and they probably had the most unique relationship for an offensive coordinating quarterback in the league because no other OC was uh, once competing with their quarterback, then the quarterback coach, and then the offensive coordinator. And here's Dak Prescott being asked about what does it feel like without Kellen Moore for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it's different. Kellen, I mean, that's your that's my brother, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You come in, as you say, he's a teammate. You spend two years as a teammate. You see his knowledge for the game, how he was helping me as a teammate, just being there uh, for me anytime I needed me or needed, it needed him. And then in the same sense, 
just rolls right into being the quarterback coach to then the OC. And, yeah, as you said, it's been different. I mean, you miss him. You miss a brother. You miss hanging, missing him around, hanging out, talking. But uh, I'm excited for him. I know he's out in L.A. He's got better weather. Uh, yeah. They've got a great young quarterback. They've got a great offense over there. So I'm excited to see what he does. But, um, obviously, yeah, you miss somebody that you spent so much time with and invested uh, in this game with. Uh, and the next one here, he was actually asked about his – you know, relationship with Zeke, um, and here's Dak talking about how close he and Zeke still are. Yeah, I mean, we're still tied. Uh, we're still tied. We might not be wearing the same jersey right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, just trained with him this morning. He's at the house 7 o'clock, um, uh, throwing, getting it in, working out, uh, yeah, just making sure that he's getting better, doing everything necessary. And so, yeah, it's been weird. It's been tough. You know, that first day of going in there in the OTAs and uh, not seeing his car in that parking lot and just, you know, getting to the meetings and just, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was, it was a feeling that I can't explain, hadn't had it before, but um, moved past that now. Uh, as I said, excited for the opportunity that he's going to get and just where our offense is as well. So, uh, Sidebar, hard. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Zeke, because um, he's working out with Zeke. And there's still some buzz. It won't die either. It's not going to. That the to. Cowboys are going to reacquire Zeke at one point just at a discounted rate of some kind. Basically, once the market has spoken, and I think the market is speaking now. that the mar- speaking loudly. They don't want Zeke. Nobody else wants Zeke. Right. The no, market is speaking loudly. Nobody wants Zeke. Now, right. by, because of injury, somebody may need Zeke, mm-hmm. but nobody wants him. Right. They may need him, but you don't want him. So, first of all, what do you think happens with Zeke? Because I said he wouldn't get picked up till the season, start, like training camp started. I think he, I think that I think that'll be about the time. I think he will go into training camp mm-hmm. with somebody, and that's why he's at the house. And he said he's in a different uniform right now. That's what Dak said. He wasn't finished. You know what I'm saying? There's still that outside possibility of the Cowboys looking at Zeke, and like you said, it won't die down <laughs> until it dies it won't down. Die. Right? No, it, it won't, won't change until he signs elsewhere. So that conversation keeps Zeke in the conversation and keeps the Cowboys in the conversation. But me personally, you know, it took me a while to get to this point, but I think that them moving on is probably the best thing. They did mm-hmm. they did initially because of the fact they did release him, but I think the conversation needs to be pushed to a, a, a finite uh, moment to say, yeah. look, man, we're not going to sign you. Keep working out. Yeah, Keep they coming won't out. They won't say it. You know it. the media's asking them, and they Every won't. Every time. And they won't put the nail in the coffin. That's what it, 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 it <laughs> has won't. to happen. They won't close the door. The nail in the coffin has to happen for the Dallas Cowboys and mm-hmm. Cowboys fans who uh, still mm-hmm. clamor for the rookie of the uh, rookie uh, Zeke Elliott is no more. That is no more happening. That is not happening. No, we, but he's 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 good for he's short yardage and as a pass blocking back. That's a lot of money for that. But exactly, you don't yeah. pay. Matter of fact, you're still paying him what eight nine million. I don't know much, yeah. how much. It's still a lot of dead money associated with him and Tony Attach Pollard. That dead money. Yeah, and Tony yeah. Pollard, who is hurt right now, is also accounting for what ten million dollars. Ten 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 million dollars. You're yeah. paying twenty over twenty million dollars. I think right now for your running back room. And, you re- and, and you don't have a healthy there. one yet. Yeah, and Zeke's not even there. And yep. Zeke is also part of, you know, right now the debt you basically have in dead money. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they should bring him back, but I'm not closing the door. I think it's possible if Tony Pollard has a slow start and those other running backs don't prove themselves and the Cowboys don't have any other options, yeah, they may go with the 
the the best bad idea because they mm-hmm. are the good ideas, which may be just bringing Zeke back. Uh, okay, the so co- here's some of the unsigned running backs that are out there right now: Zeke Elliott, Dalvin <laughs> Cook, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette. Those are the names that are out there. Who would you take out of that group? Dalvin Cook uh, would be the one. Yeah, right? Dalvin Cook's the one, but Dalvin Cook's going to be costly, I think. Right, but I'm just saying in general, if you're looking yeah. not not even for the Cowboys, if you were to go out and get yourself a running back of those free agents, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt is out there as well too. Who Kareem would, Hunt would be cheaper. Yep, that would be, be the move, right? Yeah, and, and he's cheaper. a versatile back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook is the one I'd want, but he'd be too costly. So if you're looking at cost benefit, you know, kind of analysis. Uh, I like the Kareem Hunt suggestion. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Okay. Uh, we'll see what the Cowboys do. The Cowboys seem to, you know, they those, those four words, we like our guys. We like our guys. <laughs> we they like their guys. Them. We, we like actually our guys. love them. Uh, okay, so let's get to this other cut. This is Dak being asked about the new offense, right, the Texas Coast offense. What are the differences between the offense they had last season under Kellen Moore with him calling the plays and now the Texas Coast offense, which is going to be with Dak Prescott uh, at the helm, of course, but also Mike McCarthy calling plays this time for Dak. Here is Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, there's there's differences for sure. I can't say major differences. Say majors and maybe yeah. not a lot of differences from from the naked eye. Somebody that doesn't know the offense and what's really, you know, what I'm saying, and tuned on it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of, a lot of difference, a lot of details, a lot more um, thorough coaching through the details. I guess you can say uh, of guys that you would think on the basis doesn't matter, but they're going to play a huge part in the role. And maybe that one or two times that plays available, we're they're getting coached through that. That. Uh, it's clear. Um, you, you understand. You know what I'm saying. You understand what's going on, and the offense has been implemented. I mean, at this point now, we've got the reps in, and we've left the off season. We, we, we're trying to figure out what are we going to use going into camp. What are we going to say? This is what we're great at, and what are we going to say? Hey, we don't need. So, we're going through that process now. I guess as you can say, as we get into training camp. Yeah, he, he's downplaying uh, the differences a little bit, and, and claiming they're going to be a lot, lot more subtle, uh, discreet yeah. differences that we may not even notice them to the naked eye. I think you will notice them because we're going to point them out here on the show. Yep. But um, I think about 30% of the offense, that's been consistent. I've heard quotes from Stephen Jones, from Mike McCarthy, and from Dak Prescott in the offseason. Both, maybe they just got their talking points all aligned, but both saying about 30% of the offense is going to change. About a third of it is going to change. And I went through what I think that third is going to be, and I'll, I can do that a little bit later on. But I think you're going to see more RPOs, more play action pass you're going to see more intentional deep shots down the field because you didn't have enough of those, and Dak's pretty good at that. Um, and I think you'll, you know, we, you'll see them. I don't know if you can run the ball more, but I think they'll the pace of the game, the pace that they operate with will be a little bit different because Kelly Moore liked up-tempo and her, kind of up-tempo, hurry-up offense with a quick pace. Mm-hmm. And the pace is going to slow down because they want to make sure their defense Right. It's in an advantageous position. Absolutely. So they want to milk the clock and control the game. Which is why he kept saying, I want to run the ball more. Yes. That Because that yeah. keeps the defense on the sideline, rested, and and rejuvenated by the time they get back on the field. If you're go, 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 whether it's a turnover or a touchdown or a big play, your defense might be back on the field quickly and they're not getting a proper rest. We've been talking about this Dallas Cowboy defense, the way they've improved over the last couple years, especially under the the tutelage of Dan Quinn, and now the opportunity is sitting there to say, hey, Kellen did a great job, and we talked about the top five offenses, but it also put the defense in in advantageous situations to where it wasn't beneficial for them. 
But that a lot of that had to do with Dak turning it over too. So I'll put that out there as well. Well, Dak's turned over because they're throwing the ball too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think they believe they should throw the ball less because uh, Dak yep. Prescott wouldn't be exposed in those situations. Play action. You know, most of his interceptions, you know, of his 15 interceptions last year, and he had 17 total because he had two of those in the playoffs. Um, only one of his interceptions came on a play-action pass. The rest of them on straight dropbacks. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And then you go look at on third and long situations, I believe eight of his interceptions, so half of them, were on third and long situations. 11 of the 15 um, were on, I think, 10 yards to go. So you're talking about a first and 10 or a second and 10 or a third and 10 situation. So when you got long yardage to gain for your first down or third and long without play-action pass, we're talking about straight drop-back situations, predictable passing situations, because there's so much yardage to gain, they don't even have to acknowledge or respect your play-action pass or your running game, so your play-action pass is moot. Mm -hmm. It's a straight drop-back situation, and that's 16 of his 17 interceptions. So it ain't rocket science, really, what they want to do they want to dial back the offense and and make it Dak friendly by exposing him less yep in those situ- with those very high risk situations on third and long where the odds actually flip in favor of the defense when you're in third and long third and 10 plus yards to go yeah that's basically what it comes down to so I, and I agree with it by the way and I like Dak yep but I agree that Dak last year you don't want that Dak but that Dak, I think, is a rare. He's a rare guy. Exactly. He came out of his character. He's, he yeah. was a different dude than mm-hmm. what he used to be, and in, especially in that situation. Totally agree. I don't think he'll be that guy ever again. And I think he's more conscious of it, too, because mm-hmm. he realizes, he listens to the narrative. He can't tell me he doesn't. I mean, you you live in Dallas, mm-hmm. and, there's, and you got a star on your helmet. The criticism is going to be there. So when you're putting in your work, yes, you still got to go out there and play your game, but you also need to be conscious of how you need to take care of the football, no matter what the situation is. Yep, totally agree. Uh, okay, last cut here because we got to get uh, to Hardstock Live coming up next. We'll get a little preview. Uh, this is Dak. He was all, he was asked about the new receivers because um, you're bringing in now Brandon Cooks, of course. Mm-hmm. No Dalton Schultz, so Dalton Schultz is gone. Um, you know, obviously, you still got Michael Gallup there, but you know, you have new faces in that receiving core. It's an interesting question. Uh, Dak being asked about how long does it take to develop chemistry with your new wide receivers, specifically talking about Brandon Cooks. Here's Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, I think it all depends. It depends on the, the the player you're talking about, the receiver, the tight end. Sometimes you've got great players, man, and the way that they run or how explosive they are it does it for itself in the sense of Amari Cooper or even now Brandon Brandon Cooks. Excuse me, the guy runs so fast and he's the same speed every route that that's going to be easy for me to, 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 to figure out, right? He's not changing it up. He doesn't have a pace to himself. Um, yeah, so you, ju- you just got to give it time. And, yeah, I had a great chemistry with Dalton Schultz, but I think I can have the same chemistry with one of these young tight ends. Will we have it this year that we ended up, that me and Schultz ended with? Who knows, but can they get there? I absolutely think so, and it just comes from the reps and practicing, and that's what this time's for, and then, uh, that's what we've been doing with those guys is trying to supplement that time and get as many reps as we can. Uh, yeah, so he's it, it, honestly, and you've played at the highest levels, hard baseball, obviously different sports. Uh, but doesn't chemistry, just like in a relationship, chemistry come down to spending time together so you can kind of develop what seems like a natural organic rapport, uh, but it's just really about getting to know each other well enough where you almost can anticipate 
someone's mannerisms, how they think about something, their finishing actions, their sentences, that type of stuff, whatever, no. whatever it, it you know manmaterializes and right. manifests itself. But that's basically what he's talking about. It's just spending time with the receiver to know. Oh, he runs his slants like this. Oh no, he's gonna give you a little hesitation when that corner, if that corner's outside leverage. He gonna give him a little head fake. So I gotta wait. I gotta I gotta wait a little bit when I let that when I release the ball. It's, it's little small yep. tiny things. Um, but that is the chemistry he's talking about. Uh, Babyface had a song about it called Whip Appeal. Yeah, uh, and that's basically what he's talking about developing that i think it's just time um but sometimes you don't have that and you have to uh expedite the yeah. the chemistry how do you do that well and that's that's why Dak is you know he had that relationship with zeke and he had that relationship with dalton schultz and yep. he had that relationship with other uh with amari cooper, cooper. um that's because they spent a lot of time cedric together wilson. cedric wilson that's why because mm-hmm. they knew where everybody was and Dak is the guy that invites all the players to his crib. He built a football field in his backyard. Nice. So they can go out there and run some scrim not scrimmages, but some seven on sevens mm-hmm. to make sure that they're working and understanding, inviting people over for dinner, going out yeah. and hanging out and seeing who they are as individuals. Because once you know that, we talk about this as coaching. Once mm-hmm. a coach shows you that he cares about you, then you believe in him. It's not the coach that's coming in just rah, 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 rah. Didn't even ask me a question about who I am or where I need to be and how do you like the, you know, the ball to be placed in this situation. When I played with some of the guys at the highest level, we, middle infielders, we worked by ourselves on if the ball oh, is yeah. hit in this spot, yep. where are you going to release be. the where ball gonna, from? Yeah, where yeah. are you going to release it from so mm. I can be there? Mm. What's your speed on a certain play? Do you want me to come across the bag more? Do you want me to sit on the bag? Are we going to? There's so many different What's things. Pre- everybody's preferences. Exactly. Everybody's you want an underhand? You want an overhand? Yeah. You want me to do it from the side? How do you let the ball go? A lot of times it's like, just get it to me. Mm-hmm. Just get it to me in this vicinity and, and I'll, I'll make, make it play. work. Yeah. yeah, and that's the chemistry that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the way that Dak is starting to build these new bridges because a lot of it is the unknown. What is mm-hmm. your trust with uh, Tolbert? You know, where is he at? Well, Jake James Ferguson. Uh, Jake Ferguson. You know, yeah. how do you get that chemistry? School you spend time now. with him. Yeah. You bring him in and you say, hey, man, we're going to work. We're yep. gonna work. We're gonna watch film. We're gonna get all this down. I'll provide the food. You bring the drinks. We're gonna break it all down. Yeah, what you used that to Dax say about the that, dorm? Uh, I know. I'm glad that Dax got the actual uh, football field in his backyard. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's good. No, oh, yeah. it, it, it. He's a leader. I think that's one of his kind of natural X Man abilities, like his uh, elite traits. That he's a leader. Now it's not something that always. Physically can be quantified, no. but at the quarterback position, we all know that's half the damn battle. And I, d- I do think Dak's got elite leadership tendencies no and traits and skills. No doubt. And that that just showed your, your little detail there. Just that showed it to me again. He's got a football uh, field in his backyard because he's thinking to himself, "Well, you know what? I don't want to have to leave the house right. every time. I want to be at the crib. I'll invite everybody here. Hello, they can hang out. I'll yep. bring a cook over, a chef over, yep. and we can hang out here and be here for three, four hours." Talking ball, kicking it, yeah, expediting the chemistry exactly because we hang out more together, yep. more time spent. I like that. Uh, that's a good. That's a nice little nugget. Uh, okay, uh, more nuggets coming in. Hard knock life. What you got for the people? We're gonna talk about this big baseball game in Omaha tonight. Winner take all. Well, winner advances to the College World Series uh, championship series. And what better matchup than these two fabulous pitchers that will be on the mound? 
All right, talking a little hardball with my man Hardball coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. And you can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow my man at Jack Farrell, Jack A. Farrell on Twitter. Not uh, Will Farrell, but Colin Farrell. Make Mm -hmm. sure you follow it right there. That's how you got to make sure you do that. Mm -hmm. And we love it when you're a part of the show. So continue to hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I know that there's a lot that is going on when you start looking at the NBA. The draft is tonight, so everybody's all excited about the draft and what is expected to happen. We know what's going to happen at number one. But we don't know what's going to happen at number two, number three, and all the way down Mm -hmm. as the draft starts to unfold. We got a chance to listen to Brandon Miller talk about Paul George and how he was his uh, goat, as they like to say. But everybody's (laughs) questioning it. And then he starts calling out Michael Jordan for all kinds of uh, different issues that he shouldn't be talking about, which I'm kind of glad because, you know, Michael Jordan goes at everyone. He talks trash yeah, at does, everyone. Man, so every once in a while, it's good when other people start giving it back to Michael and, and kind of yeah. going at him. Hey, but just remember, he took that personal. He took so it personal. Thing, right so things are going to change. <laughs> but one of the biggest stories that nobody is talking about, because the NBA draft, and unless you're a college baseball fan, you're not really paying attention to this. But last night during the College World Series, uh, the – LSU Tigers ended up getting the win to force a do-or-die game against Wake Forest. Wake Forest was the number one team going into the tournament, and they were leading. They were the number one team in the nation. And LSU, who was the number one team in the nation for most of the year, mm-hmm. has now forced this game where the two best teams, two teams that have worn the crown of being the number one team in the nation this year, With all hands on deck, it worked out perfectly that the days of rest, you get an opportunity to face two of the best pitchers in college baseball this year. You got Rhett Lauder, who is 15-0, 137 strikeouts, with an ERA of 199. And Paul Skeens, who has been the talk of college baseball this year, he ended up winning the Dick Hauser Player of the Year Award he is 13 and 2 with a 1.8 ERA and 200 strikeouts. <laughs> Think about That's that. Crazy. So this is a highly uh intense type of matchup that as a baseball fan, this is what gets my juices flowing. And as a hitter going up against these two pitchers, you have to be dialed in. It doesn't get any higher stakes than what we're going to see tonight. Now, Paul Skeens High velocity, good movement on his fastball. His breaking ball has been uh, really, really on point this season. I mean, we got a chance. I got a chance to see these guys 
early this year at the Carbach Round Rock Classic. Got a chance to interview Paul Skeens. By the way, he is every bit of six foot six, hmm. and I think he wears a size seventeen shoe. Like this dude is wow. massive. And me talking to him, and now he's got this mustache. He looked kind of crazy, but he is one of those guys that you have to root for. You really want to root for him because, number one, he was playing for the Air Force Academy last year. Then he took the opportunity to go to LSU. Texas was in the running for him. But he is a guy that is one of the best guys. And we talked about this before. He is projected to go anywhere from number one to number five in the MLB draft when the draft happens. So mm-hmm. you're going to see some quality, quality pitching as this goes on. And then you look at Rhett Lauder, who is, as, as I said, he is undefeated this year. He hasn't had a loss. He don't know what that tastes like. He has zero idea of what that tastes like. So he's going to be on the mound. This is going to be two of the better teams in the College World Series. And I know a lot of people are talking about, what about Florida? What about Florida? This is the only thing that I will say about that. The bad thing for both of these teams, whether Wake Forest wins or LSU wins, we will not get a chance to see either of these pitchers pitchers pitch again when it when it really comes down to it. Either way, this will they be gone. the last time that they we gone. will see both of these pitchers get a chance to pitch in what better stage. The sad part, one of these guys or their teams is going to have to lose. Hmm. But who is who is going to be the better matchup when you look at LSU versus um, uh, Wake Forest? Because I'm excited for this. When I was watching the games yesterday, and by the way, they did an unbelievable job. Shout out to my man Jay Johnson, who is was cool as the other side of the pillow. Hmm. He did exactly what we talked about before, Rod, where it's Johnny Holstaff, yeah. where everybody has to do their part. Mm-hmm. And there were some hairy situations that were going on yesterday in that game against LSU, I mean against uh, Wake Forest, where Wake had opportunities to try to put the game out of reach, but they didn't get it done. And now we have this game where I'm, I'm, I'm giddy. About this, if you're a college baseball, if you're just a uh, mm-hmm. an average baseball fan and you want to see quality pitching, this is this it. is it. My one worry about all of this tonight: the umpires. The umpires have been brutal behind the plate. And during this series, I mean, during the College World Series, I don't know if it's the sun setting and they're missing some of it, some of it. But if I watch Twitter during the games and I'm only looking at the people that I know that know the baseball game and when they start doing that, that is the biggest problem. Yeah. When Greg Swindell is questioning the pitchers, I mean, the umpires, when I hear other guys that I believe understand this game better than anybody complaining about the how, as a pitcher, you're supposed to approach certain things, mm-hmm. it makes it very tough. And if you watch the reaction by both benches tonight, that will let you know if the umpire is having a good game or if they're having a bad game because there's going to come a time. The runs are going to be at a premium tonight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're gonna right. have to work hard. Every call, is a, every call is a big call. Yes, it's gonna be the margin of error is really slim. very slim, yeah. and that is why I'm so excited to watch this. I know that all the guys that uh, are gonna be on the call, all the fans with rooting interest that are gonna be dialed into this. I know that every scout 
is looking at this mm-hmm. as well because the projections are, like I said, Paul Skeens will be in the top five, and uh, Rhett Louder is supposed to be in the top ten as a draft pick. So mm-hmm. it's, this is intense. And then you got Dylan Cruz, who is uh, supposed to be the number one overall draft pick in this, the center fielder that is going to play a part in this. Trey Morgan, the first baseman, hmm. he's going to play a part in this. This this entire game is going to be high-level intensity, and I cannot wait for it. I'm really excited for this game. First pitch is at 6 o'clock. Obviously, we'll still be on the air, so you, you will be getting some updates mm. while we're here. But I'm excited for this game, and I can't wait to see how, how the dust settles when it all breaks down. Um before we transition to uh, our next segment, I wanted to play this about Deion Sanders. For everybody that Ooh. don't know, Deion Sanders is dealing with a serious health issue. Yeah, We've man. talked about this numerous times. He's got a blood clot now that has been discovered in both of his legs, but he's already been dealing with his foot, uh, two of his toes being amputated. There was uh, a story this week, early in the week, where they were talking about he may have his foot foot amputated because of pure uh, poor circulation. But Dion said he's tired of everybody else talking about what's going on with him. So he wanted to give us the update on his story and what's going on because he is going to have a procedure tomorrow. Now, this is what happens. I went up to the doctor's the other day to, to, to check myself out. And I have a uh, two clots in my leg, one in my right leg, one in my left leg, which is my thighs, okay? So now I'm having a procedure tomorrow to try to get those clots so now I can have proper blood flow through the leg so they can fix the toes, okay? That's what's going on. That is it, you heard it from me. That's what's going on. I I appreciate you, I appreciate your gestures, I appreciate your prayers, and uh, I'm receiving all kind of um, emails and everybody, not just from me, from my friends, family members, everybody. And let me tell you about the funniest one. It's a guy emailed one of my friends that said that they have the remedy because all y'all have remedies now. I don't know where you've been to for the last two years, but everybody got a, a quick fix solution now. They said they have the remedy that all my toes will grow back. Wow. All my toes <laughs> will grow back. He had two that was amputated. And now my man said, I got the remedy. I got something for you. So, Dion, <laughs> I don't I don't know if you should be listening to this dude running as fast as you. Well, you can't run that fast right now. But if you can get away from this guy. But I would entertain the conversation with him, Dion. Have him come into your office That's and crazy. tell you what the remedy is going to be. <laughs> but in all seriousness, prayers for Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a serious, serious situation. And at the end of that audio, he said, I'm getting all this done because we coming. I'm getting all this taken care of right now because when it's time for me to be on that sideline, we coming. Yeah, I know that was concerned that he might have to amputate. Yeah. The one of the, one of his his entire foot. Yeah, the whole foot. And, man, I hope he ends up, you know, being okay. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge Dion guy. Big From time. the get-go. Uh, yeah. That was, that, that was the – he was my GOAT. Yeah. But I picked the – unlike, you, you know, pick, you Brandon picked Miller who picked Paul Jordan, I picked maybe the greatest corner <laughs> of all time to be my GOAT. So I had better taste than Brandon Miller. Yeah. But either way, we'll get back to that conversation. Uh, oh, man, that's uh, – all right, good stuff there for Hearts Knock Life. We come back. This story is so bizarre 
that in our time, it actually could happen. And it's strange to say it, but I'm rooting for it. The billionaire cage match. Oh, How yeah. many of us would pay money for it? I got to tell you, it's I'm hard in. to get Rod V's money, but you might get my money to watch two billionaires beat each other up. We'll talk about it, and we'll talk about why it may become a reality in our day and time. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 on the Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, gentlemen, this is some of the greatest news I think we've ever received. So apparently we could be in for a billionaire cage match of some sorts, a billionaire face-off, a physical one. So uh, how about this? So <laughs> Elon Musk, who likes to talk a lot of trash, um, he was um, he was basically on a... Twitter thread. I think it's a new, uh, it's basically a new type of uh, added, I don't know, bonus technology to his Twitter app that I think he is trying to promote. So he was on his, you know, this platform, and I think he called it. He's calling it Threads, I believe, because he wants to compete with, uh, you know, I think because basically Zuckerberg's Meta reports that Instagram's platform would soon have a feature called Threads to compete with Twitter. Anyway, that's I think where it starts for the for the tech world. But they started getting into it uh, via social media. Because here's the first comment by Elon Musk. He says, I'm sure Earth can't wait to be exclusively under Zuck's thumb with no other options. Because they're talking about different platforms, right? One's going to have Threads that, to compete with Twitter. And uh, he says that... <laughs> Um, and he's basically kind of ref- referencing Zuckerberg's, I believe, his uh, jujitsu skill. Um, one guy comments to Elon Musk saying, better be careful at Elon Musk. I heard he does, talking about Zuckerberg, jujitsu now with all types of emojis. Elon Musk <laughs> replies with, I'm up for a cage match if he is, LOL. Everybody assumes, oh, he's just joking. He's up for a cage match. Zuckerberg posted a screenshot of Musk's tweet in his Instagram story, along with three words, send me location. The Verge claims that they confirmed that Zuckerberg's response was not a joke. Although it looks like Elon Musk started, obviously, with a joke. He did say LOL. Um, basically, when asked about Zuckerberg said the story speaks for itself. He's talking about his screenshot saying, hey, man, <laughs> uh, send me location. I'm ready to go. Uh, when shown a screenshot of Zuckerberg's response, Musk tweeted, if this is for real, I will do it. Some flaming emojis, two flaming emojis. And remember, both billionaires have at least some experience in martial arts. Zuckerberg told podcaster Joe Rogan, man, a lot of Austin connections here too, Central Texas connections, mm-hmm. that he began studying mixed martial arts during the pandemic and said he likes its primal nature. Uh, Zuckerberg 
recently competed in a local Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament and won a couple of medals. In a separate interview with Joe Rogan, remember Elon Musk told Rogan that he practiced several forms of martial arts, including jiu-jitsu. And remember at one time, actually challenged Johnny Depp to a cage fight during their his legal battle with Amber Heard, who is also from Austin. It's a lot of Central Texas connections here. It's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even though Elon Musk denied him and Amber Heard had a thing. Anyway, but I digress. Uh, but remember... Now uh, it's saying that, you know, they could potentially be in a there's a beef, a billionaire beef going on. Mm-hmm. And we, the people, are trying to flame this. All right. This fire. So that it becomes a raging inferno, hopefully. And we can get the two billionaires to actually face off in a cage match. We must flame their egos, must pump up their egos and also talk about how one can beat the other. And we might get it. Because billionaires, one thing they have, ego. Yeah. They're, they're narcissists. So we, if we, if we can get enough people to want to watch it, which I think the world would want to watch I this. I think there is a lot that would want to watch this. Money can go to charity. That's fine. Hell, give the money to them. They're billionaires. They don't need it. The money should go to charity. But right. who knows? And guys, we may get billionaire cage match. Who's down? I'm down. And I love the fact that our man Nate said, I think the horn should be able to send you guys out there to cover it for us. (laughs) That's what we need to be doing. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for putting it out there. Because I definitely would want to watch this just because of the zaniness that I think would come out of it. Obviously, Zuckerberg thinks that he's a real jujitsu champion. He does. So I'm looking at it that way. And then, of course, you think about Elon Musk. He's somebody that's kind of – you know, off a little bit, the way that he thinks. He's a little bit slower to deliver his message, but his message is so point. I mean, he's on point with everything that he's doing right yeah. now, even though a lot of people may not like the way the platform's being used the or man's whatever. Brilliant. He's a brilliant man. But his mind, yeah, he's, he's, so, he's so smart. Yeah. But this is a dumb move if he thinks that he wants to get into a, a cage match. Why is it a dumb move? Because I really do think. Who are you picking? I'm picking Zuckerberg. You're picking Zuck. I'm yeah. Team Zuck. Yeah, I'm all I, want to see, I, I just want to see Elon get beat up. I think how, that would be very funny. How big is Zuckerberg? Isn't Zuckerberg small? He's little. I, I believe the size advantage is with Elon. Elon's got like six inches on him. That's what I'm dude. That's a big size advantage. But I guess if you, but once if you're you get to the ground, once you get to the ground, we all the same size, bro. That's what I, but it, it, how much I want to know how much of uh the martial arts has Elon been practicing too. I need to know this. He says he's been practicing, you know, in martial arts of some kind. I wonder uh, how much. Yeah. It, yeah, it seems like Zuckerberg has been in it for, like, I don't know, years. Yeah. Like he's been training for years in jiu-jitsu. And I, you know if you've been training for years in that, you are you you know how to take somebody to the ground. I don't know, man. All right, I'm, I, I, right now I'm leaning towards Zuckerberg, but I think Zuck's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, five, mm. Elon's like 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, yeah, but I, I'm still I'm still Team Zuck. Still Zuck? Still Team Zuck? Team Zuck. All right, I'm going to take Elon just because y'all take yeah. us up. Because Elon might be listening. And if Elon, if you are listening, I chose you, Elon. He did. While these others, they're not, they're not loyal, all right? They're not loyal. So when you're, when you're king of the, the, the net. When the you become king of the ring. King of the international economy. <laughs> the richest man. Remember, Put your boy on. Float your boy. Just a Put couple your boy of on. mil. Yeah. A couple yeah. of million, man. And yeah. I'll be, uh, you know, I can work for you. Hey, if that, if that. that is the case. Come on, Elon. 
Hey, Elon, I'm going to say Elon is a central Texan, you know, basically. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So I'm going I'm to I'm stay loyal. What is, what is that one to the sound bite? That ain't true. <laughs> that, ain't that ain't true. That is interesting, <laughs> though. That uh, I, I imagine this is all some public relations PR stunt, but it would be magnificent mm-hmm. if they actually faced off and they they and all the money went to charity. Yeah. It would be huge. No, I'm serious. It would be one of the. It, it, honestly, it might be top. It'd be one of the most uh, watched and highly rated uh, combat sporting events of all time. I'm not yeah. joking. It might. It will crack the top ten. Yeah, yeah, like that's crazy. No, it would. It'd crack the top ten. Mm, I'm mm, serious. Mm. I think it would. It'd be people would be that crazy. We live in a wild society. We live in a society where we're obsessed with celebrities, and you get a celebrity fight club type thing going. Oh, this would basically kind of start celebrity fight clubs again. Right. Oh yeah. Ooh, be good. This would be the start. It'd be the start of yeah. It. All right. Uh, I'm in. They used to have celebrity boxing back in the day. Oh yeah. Now you don't have like it YouTube guys are having like these big weekends where they just have. Oh a, yeah, a huge card of fights, and it's just like online the Paul, creators. The Paul brothers, yeah, kinda, they, they kind of started it. Yeah, they kind of started it. Now it's like huge. It and is. I think it's weird, but I would watch this. Exactly. exactly. I would watch, I watch the billionaires. I would watch it. I would watch the billionaires face off, man. Uh, okay, we'll come back. We'll get into some NBA discussion. Uh, trades going down. Breaking news. We'll get to all of that. Also previewing the NBA draft. All and why Brandon Miller's draft stock is falling. <laughs> we have a conspiracy theory that makes a lot of sense. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn.